We are going to come back together. The word surprise means experiencing the unexpected or the astonishing. Now, sometimes when we talk about Easter, you come into this room and it's Sunday and we're here to celebrate resurrection, but maybe you don't feel the thing on this day. Maybe you don't feel the surprise, the unexpected or the astonishing. Maybe today that you just came in and you put on some pastels and you're going to fake it until you make it. And that is okay, my friends. And so today is the day where we're going to talk about being open to surprise. That even though we may not be in the surprise of Easter Sunday, where we are ready to sing with the heavenly angels, joyful, joyful, that Jesus has come and risen again, maybe we're going to be open to surprise exactly where we're at. And what a part of the resurrection story is just that, naming where you are and being okay with it, and trusting that God will surprise you even there. That this is not a story that just happened 2,000 years ago. If it's a story that just did that, it's not that interesting or helpful. It's a story that many of us grew up with where God just did a thing somewhere back there and God did all of the magic and if you raise your hand, everything will be better. How many of you raised your hand? Did it all get better? Instead, it's an invitation to follow Jesus in a different way of life where it's saying resurrection didn't just happen back there, but surprise is still taking place in our lives now. That God is still showing up. That dead things can still become new. That's the story that we're being invited into. So if we're going to talk about being open to surprise, we've got to talk about some things. We're going to talk about unexpected and astonishing. And if we can do that, then, then a Dimidex. You, oh, exactly, what, there right, we go. And if we can do that, then practicing some openness. And if we can practice some openness, by the way, I had way too much coffee this morning. I am really amped up right now. This is great. I should try breathing. It's a really wonderful thing. Nice. Glad that we're all here together. If we can practice some openness, then grief. And if we can understand grief, then maybe we can surrender to some things. If we can talk about surrendering, then we'll talk about waiting. If we can talk about waiting, you know, shingles. And then if shingles, my friends, hope, and if we can do a little bit of hope in our lives, then maybe we can smile. Sound good on Easter morning? Follow along with me in Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other women went to look at the tomb. Already a surprise, by the way. In the ancient world, it was masculine-dominated, but that's not who shows up to the tomb. It wasn't Peter. It wasn't John. It wasn't James. It was two women who showed up there. It's already a revolutionary story of surprise. That God is showing up in different ways. Sometimes we look at the Bible like, oh, it's backwards. It needs to figure some things out. This is amazing 2,000 years ago. The apostle to the apostles, the ones that could see, the ones who came to the tomb first were the women. They were the ones that ran back and said, man, the tomb is empty. They were the ones who, after a Saturday night of waiting and looking for preparation, came and ran there that morning looking for something different, open to surprise. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. 
His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he has said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, mixed feelings on a resurrection morning that many of us probably have, that maybe all of life is not perfectly put together, that we are afraid or in fear, we have anxiety, it's not all sorted out, it's 2023. Does it feel like the entire world is on a razor's edge right now? That we are having like a quiet civil war with one another, like us on the coast and then all of the other states in the middle or something like that, right? (laughs) Like from COVID and a pandemic and politics and it's like Trump really going to run again and indictments and the Ukraine war and the economy. At any moment, I feel like I could be afraid. And there's hope and there's joy and there's beauty in my life and there's goodness. And I have three small children who wake up every day and they fill the house with laughter and there's goodness even on social media right? Uh, There's friends in my life that life is complex, and that's what we hold together this morning. And so they ran to tell his disciples, and suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said, and they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the story of resurrection from Matthew. It's a story of surprise. It's a story that the early church held on to, that somewhere, somehow, somebody saw a resurrected Christ, that somewhere, somehow, somebody saw God alive, that 2,000 years later, we're still gathering in a 1950s-looking gym in Glendale, California, because somebody experienced something. And the reality of that is if it's just that somebody experienced something 2,000 years ago, maybe that's not good enough for us, but maybe we're sitting in the seats today or we're a part of this community because you've experienced something. And you're deconstructing and figuring it out and not sure what it all means, and you read a few Rob Bell and Richard Rohr books, you listen to the liturgist three and a half times, you have some questions, my friends. (laughs) And even in that, you know that you want to continue to experience life with God that God has shown up for you, that God is with you, and you want to grow in that thing. That's what we hope for. Here's the thing about surprise for me, is that sometimes in life, I don't experience surprise because of my posture, of how I'm just approaching the world and the perspective that I have. Now, I can give you a well-crafted definition of surprise, but I think that we just feel it in our bodies in different ways. So I want you to do something with me. Take your fists and clench them really tight, Shrug your shoulders up and just feel the tension in your body. Sometimes when we are going around life like this with this tension, I am filled with cynicism. This is how I am approaching the world. I am filled with fear. I am filled with resentments. I'm filled with anger. How many of you feel that way? Feel that way? Feel that way. There we go. In your life at times. And the reality of it, how many, here, actually, I'm going to get all the hands up. Do this again. You are on the 210 freeway. (laughs) Can I get an amen? 
It's very hard to be open to surprise because no one has ever experienced peace and joy on an L.A. interstate before. <laughs> but now do this and literally breathe out. You're open to surprise. You can just feel the difference in your body, that your body holds all of this. There's the resurrection of the body of Jesus that we can be open even with all of the anxiety and fear and figuring it out in the world. That God, I just want to be open to surprise. And sometimes when I forget that I could be open to it, I just remind myself of how wild the universe is. All right? Did you know that right now on planet Earth, we're about to nerd out, by the way, in case you wondered where we were going. There is an ocean below our oceans that's four times the size of all of the body of water that is on our surface. Welcome to surprise, my friends. <laughs> Unexpected and astonishing. And what we've known about this water is that about 660 kilometers below the Earth's surface, and it is ne no, neither in the state of solid, vapor, or liquid. It is trapped in a sponge-like crystal. What does this have to do with Easter morning, you may ask? Everything. <laughs> the world and the universe as you know it is just endlessly surprising. And if the world that we don't know can surprise us, what else might surprise us in our own lives? I want you to take a look at this beautiful video of the demo decks. I know. This is exactly what you were thinking to look at on an Easter morning. What is this thing, you may ask? It's a demo decks. We already told you. That's right. That's good. You're, you're, you're paying attention. That is a microbe animal that is living in the pores of your face right now. Take a look at your neighbor. Look at their face. Be surprised. Be surprised that right now in their pores is a Demodex that feeds on the oils in your face. You cannot wash them away. Be disgusted, yes, but be astonished. Welcome to the unexpected. When you say today, how did you experience the resurrection of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? A Demodex, my friends. Every time you wonder if God can surprise you, just look into the pores of the person that you love. And know that God is already surprising you exactly where you're at. The universe is already surprising. Amen. <laughs> and how do we step into the surprise of our lives? The story of Jesus in Easter can be a universal story for all of us, not just a story that happened to Jesus 2,000 years ago. There's three parts to the Jesus story that's a universal story that we all share in. The first part of that universal story of surprise is Good Friday. We all experience grief, loss, and death as human beings. It's the things that we don't want to experience. The first area of surprise for us is the surprise of grief. Many of us, not many of us, all of us will experience grief as human beings. It is just what it means to be human. For all of us who grew up in the church where we just flew over Good Friday and we landed on Easter and it was a light show and fog machine, I'm partly sorry because we need grief to experience the fullness of resurrection in Easter. This is not a weird story of, don't worry, God gives God's toughest challenges to God's toughest soldiers. That's just creepy. <laughs> this is a reality that's just part of the human experience. Part of the human experience is grief. Part of the human experience is in the life of Jesus. Have you ever felt like the government and your religious institutions aren't working for you? Some guilty laughter, grief that Jesus experienced. Have you ever loved people so well only to know that they betrayed you? Ugh, not them. 
not that relationship. I thought we were in love. I thought we cared about each other. I never could have imagined, but we said those vows. Really, that tragedy? It's just something that we all experience as human beings. That we are surprised by grief, and that is not always good, but it is a reality of what it means to be human. And one of the ways that we deal with grief in this world is that we learn to surrender. That even Jesus, in the story of Good Friday, is even surprised to feel like God has abandoned him. That Jesus says what I think are some of the most powerful words in the Bible. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How many of us have been there in this room where you felt like even the divine, even God, wasn't there for you when you most needed it? And the story of Jesus is just trying to be honest with you, trying to say even Jesus experienced that reality in some way. When you're dealing with grief, you can clench your fists, you can shrug your shoulders, you can be angry, you can fight it every step of the way, but the truth of it is is that grief will keep coming. And grief eventually moves on in its own way when we're able to surrender, when we're able to open up our hands, when we're able to accept things that we cannot change and change the things that we can. For my 12-step brothers and sisters in the room, these are prayers that we say every single week, every single day, moment to moment, trying to hold on to the things that we can't control, it feels like within ourselves. For others of you, there's just grief or loss that you never would have imagined. And part of the story of Easter is opening ourselves to the power of surrender. If we can be surprised by grief and if we can move through surrender, then I think that we move to Holy Saturday. It's the day that doesn't get a lot of you know, playtime out there in the church world, but it's an important day nonetheless that we are surprised by waiting. How many of you have gone through the thing? Whatever that thing may be, that loss, that relationship, that job, that brokenness, that hurt, that thing that you could not control, and you weren't all the way to resurrection the next day, and you came to a church service or you heard the thing and you wanted to be there. You weren't even there a year later. You weren't even there two years later. There's no time frame for your grief. There's no time frame for your loss. And what if God is okay with that? What if God will be there with you right where you're at and will continue to unexpectedly surprise you in all of that? And what if God is there to surprise us in the waiting? That it's the waiting that is so uncomfortable. That the thing already happened, whatever the thing was. You're beyond it. There's no going back. There's no tying that up with a bow. And you just have to sit in the stillness of the figuring it out. The Bible is filled with stories like this for us, that for the Israelites, they leave their Friday of Egypt, their oppression, and their oppression that they've gone through, and they live in the wilderness for 40 years. They have not yet reached the resurrection of the promised land and a new life that is awaiting them. They just sit in the waiting, in the figuring it out, in the uncomfortability, and it's here that you learn it's here that you grow, that it's here that we ask ourselves different questions. For me, last week, um, I woke up on Thursday morning and I thought I got a wicked bug bite on my forehead. And then as Friday came, the bug bite started to get bigger. And then by Saturday morning, my eyes was closing up. And as a good Enneagram 3, I thought to myself, well, I probably can't outrun this. I might want to go to urgent care. And so I went to urgent care, and this is a beautiful picture of me. I think that, oh, says, you look handsome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I would have to agree. 
Apparently, I had shingles. That's a thing. Uh, I didn't thought shingles happened way later in life. And uh, I had the, all these scabs running down the other side of my head, and shingles causes nerve damage and all of these things, and they put me on an antiviral medication. And this was a week later, which I'm feeling pretty good right now, all right? Um, but what I learned in that moment is what I learned in all of the moments of life, that when I'm stressed and that when I don't have life figured out, that sometimes my body is just telling me truths that I can't let go of. We all are wired in different ways. Some of us run to fight. Some of us run to flight. Some of us run to freeze. Fawn, that's a new one. Look it up. I don't have time for that in the sermon. <laughs> we all have different ways of coping and dealing with the stuff that's going on inside of us. And for me, as a good Enneagram 3, I've undergone a bunch of different stress. I'm just like, I'm fine. People would ask me, how are you doing? I'm great. Brittany called me the other day. Hey, are you okay? Yeah, I've got all of this new vision for the church. And then 30 minutes later, I'm like basically crying on the phone with her. She's like, maybe you're not okay. And our bodies just don't lie to us. That sometimes in life, however we get there, our bodies just finally tell us enough is enough. Remember that you were supposed to surrender over there. Now is your opportunity to just be forced to sit in the uncomfortability of what it means to be human. Is it resurrected yet? No. Is it all better yet? No. Do you have it all figured out yet? No. And that's okay. Can God meet us there even in the waiting, even when we don't have it all figured out, even when we're not quite to resurrection? I think that God will continue to surprise us. So if we can move through the surprise of grief and the surrender of a good Friday, if we can move through holy Saturday and we can deal with the stillness, stillness and the waiting that is just part of what it means to be human, then sometimes we do land on resurrection Sunday. Sometimes we come to these other places where the Bible talks about it this way. It's not that we just get resurrected on our own. It's not that just Jesus resurrected on our own. The language of Paul in the New Testament is this, is that God resurrected Jesus. There are just going to be times in your life after the surrendering, after the waiting, no matter how much therapy, no matter how much Enneagram work, no matter how much all of the things that you can do, you're just going to need God to surprise you. That is hard sometimes to say in a liberal environment like ours where we want to take individual control and we're going to figure it out. And I swear to you, I'm three more Brene Brown books away from healing. <laughs> but the resurrection story, the reminder for us is that sometimes God just has to do what God has to do. Sometimes in all of our waiting and all of our surrender, there just has to be a God who's bigger and beyond us. A God who's already filled the universe with surprise. A God who's already shown up for you a hundred other times. Maybe we didn't have always eyes to see it, but maybe you have some eyes to see the things of where God has shown up for you. And how do you know that? How do you know that God has shown up for you in your grief? How do you know that God has shown up for you in your waiting? How do you know that God can resurrect even that? Well, you're here today. You've gotten this far. Your body has carried you all of this way. And if you can get here, imagine how much further that you can go. There's a definition about anxiety that I've talked about before, but I love it so much. That anxiety is our fear that our future self won't be able to handle it. But the reality is, is that your present self already has. So imagine how much more your future self will be able to. You already got yourself here. God has already been faithful to you to this moment. That person down the road over there 
you got this. You got this. God is going to show up in your life in unexpected ways. It's not just a story of Jesus that we can be surprised that Jesus overcomes all of the same things that we want to overcome. Jesus overcomes the relational betrayal of the people that loved him the most. Jesus overcame the fact that family wasn't there. His brothers weren't there. All of the other disciples weren't there. All of the people that he fed them 5,000, they were the same ones calling out for his crucifixion. The story of Jesus is the reality that as human beings, sometimes we undergo extreme trauma, stress, pain, grief, loss, death. And the story of Jesus is that God surprises us even there. Even there when we thought nothing could be done. When the Roman Empire is too big, systemic racism is too big, that relationship is too much. I've been dealing with this addiction for 30 years, God. That God shows up even there. That's the power of resurrection. That's the power in all of our lives. And when I look around this room, New Abbey, the thing that I'm most proud of is that I actually know your lives. I know so many of you, and I can talk about your moment of resurrection. Oh my gosh, Katie and Chelsea, I can talk about two years ago when you thought that you were dying in a hospital because you wanted to have a baby, and you couldn't, and your wife said, I'm going to have a baby now. Now you have beautiful Brixton walking around. I see the resurrected Christ in you. R.A.L., the work that you do to tell the world that their bodies are good, that the language of church and spirituality that has hurt people, that told us that somehow we exist outside of this, that you remind us, the new work that you just put out on the internet, plug for R.A.L., go check her out on all things. That I see Christ in you. Brian Torada, I didn't know you were coming today, but I know you're there. Everyone else is like, who's Brian Torada? It's Brian Torada. <laughs> what you overcame just physically going through just pain and illness and figuring it out for like a year that I get to see the resurrected Christ in you. And I could go on and on around the room and I could talk about, man, you never thought that you would get through that divorce and you did. I can look around the room and talk about moments when you called me and you were at rock bottom and you thought to yourself, I can't believe my addiction has me here, but you're here today. Travis, as I look at you and all that you've gone through, what you've done at Spotify, what you've done at some of the largest corporations on earth and the risks that you've taken because you believe in a different future for people of color in this world, you believe that giving people financial success is something that you should step into, that you are willing to step away from those giant corporations so that you could step into a life of entrepreneurship so that people would have opportunity, opportunities that you were never afforded as a kid, but you've been given now. I see Christ in you. Come on, line up. I'm going to do this for each of you now. <laughs> we're going to be here a while, so get some water. The point is that we don't have to make up surprise. Surprise is all around us. Oh, Sarah, I have to do one more. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> you posted it yesterday. Very good, holy Saturday of you. That you would meet an interesting person two times, once when you were married, and then a year after that as you're going through a divorce and all that you've gone through. That you have been strong and that you have been brave and that you've had to hold things that you never thought that you would hold. And again, I can go around this room again and again and again. Would you trust that God is surprising you in the grief? 
that God is going to surprise you in the waiting and that there will be a resurrection, my friends. And if you ever forget it, look into the faces of your neighbors. And I know you'll see a Demodex, but also, <laughs> would you be surprised by hope? Would you be surprised by a God who has resurrected them and that you too can experience this resurrection life in Jesus' name? Would you find those same three or four people around you and answer this question with one another? How can you practice being open to surprise? Enjoy.